1: hello and welcome to friends with friends uh my name's still very much pete allison and this is still very much dave crib hi hi to you uh how are we uh yeah i'm all right thanks uh, we are recording i tell you what though it feels very autumnal out the window it's still quite warm though, isn't it? Is, um, is it warm up there? Yeah, it is actually. My phone it's claims it's 22 no, degrees, but it's it, it's a bit darker than
2: it. It, it has been in recent weeks. Yes, it is. It's, it's starting to turn, isn't it? I uh, bought a new pair of jeans this weekend because I worry I'm going to have to start wearing jeans again, and I can't find any of my jeans. <laughs> I have worn exclusively shorts since about March, I think. Right, okay. Because it's just been either... Oh, it's just been warm, hasn't it? It's just been warm this year but it has started to turn. So I do think I need some new jeans, but God knows if I have any anywhere anymore. Good jeans chat. Good jeans. Do you remember jeans for jeans day? Yes. (laughs) What was the second jeans? Like some sort of genetic disease, maybe. Jeans. I think. For, can you give some context for anyone that has no idea what that is? If you're not in uh, Great Britain, I presume this isn't as big a thing. What does Jeans for Jeans Day mean? Jeans for Jeans. To, oh, do you know what? It's a nationwide fundraising initiative held in Australia each year. Who knew? It's very warm to be wearing jeans in some parts of Australia. Uh, I would have thought so. Uh, it's held this year on August the 5th. So. So that's winter there, isn't it, though? August, that's the thing. Uh, the charity's mission is to support families and children with birth defects or incurable genetic diseases. There you go. Oh, there you go. Uh, so is that why you'll be wearing your jeans? Strange way to start the podcast to talk about birth defects, but I think we got there naturally, so we can sort of move move away from it and sort of steer back into friends. Is that... Yeah, smooth as fuck, that transition. Yeah. <laughs> What's up with Jean? <laughs> a friend's quote with the word gene in it. That's all I've Good. got for you. Uh, we are back to the request. Should we do the request? It's probably about time. Yeah, go on. I feel is like it from here someone here called days. Helen? It's from Helen, Pete. Yes, Hi. it's Helen. Helen says, and Helen's included some uh, detail in her request, that means I'm going to have to skip it in the synopsis, but I'm a huge fan of it. She says, Hi, guys. I would like to request episode 465272 otherwise known as the one with the screamer. You will all have recognised it from the production code alone, I'm sure, but it's good that we clarify. Yeah. Uh, ben Stiller is one of the best guest stars in Friends. The scene where he's going ballistic at Ross outside Central Perk when everyone's talking about their favourite thing at Summer is brilliant. David Schwimmer's physical comedy tapping on the window to try and get their attention is peak Schwimmer. I also like the bit where Joey says bye to Kate and then announces, <laughs> so I'm going to get on this spaceship. That is yeah, actually great. One, of, one of the best moments of Friends, Ben
1: sort of punctuated with uh, dry ice and and very camp lighting, and
2: a ladder. It's, I love it. A, a lot happening at that point. It's great. about about It's so great. Uh, up to that point, I thought it was a very serious play, based on Kate's snooty behaviour to Joey's milk carton advert and pretentious director, so it's a great reveal. Yeah, it is. Uh, keep up the good work. The podcast brightens up my Tuesdays. Thanks, Helen. Oh, you, what, what Helen's told us there, Pete, is she's a Patreon subscriber because she listens on Tuesdays, or oh, yeah. she just saves it for six days when it comes out on a Wednesday for some curious reason. Uh, but I presume it's the first. Um, you've summed the episode up fairly well and pointed out some of the best bits, some of the best lines, some of the best acting. So uh, I think, Pete, if you're happy, we'll call it a day there. Yeah, fair enough. Of course, Helen's basically done our job for us. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, so, what's next week's episode? Uh, oh, it, you, you catch me by
1: surprise at the end of a podcast when I know that that's the format, let alone after just a few minutes.
2: Okay, let's go through the formalities, shall we? I'll do a, a synopsis. Hey, Pete, guess what? What? Actually, this needs more of a fanfare. Wait. Oh, I think I know what this is going to be. You you recognise the bonus fanfare?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right do the do the fun fair again
2: bonus 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 it's a bonus episode do the whole song um that was nice <laughs> uh it's peter Bonus episode yeah, Shout I did
1: actually a rare occasion i actually clocked it. Where oh what on the credits? In the credits,
2: yeah. There you go. Um, I still can't get over the fact that Peter Bonas spells his name with a Z. It's yeah, one. Or, like You don't often allow a child to choose their own surname, but it feels like a five-year-old boy has chosen yeah. his own name. And I think I would a add a Z.
1: If, if my surname was Bonas, I think I'd add the I'd, I'd change it for a Z. From an S,
2: just to give it an edge, you know. Yeah, what's the better name, Boner or Bonas? Boners. Boners. Yeah, it's better with a Z, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Peter Boner. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm just thinking. Of as isn't a there an MP called Peter Bone? Uh, Mr. Peter Bone. Yeah, Peter. Yeah, that's exactly right. Peter Bone, though, just B O N E. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. Um, yes, that is true, actually. Yeah, but no, that's that is a bit better, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I suppose. I think so. I think Bone is more, um, more of a, a sort of a word that doesn't catch you quite by surprise. Yeah, more than Boners. He's the conservative MP uh, and currently the deputy leader of the House of Commons. He's the MP for Wellingborough. Is exactly. there anyone left? Uh, yeah, probably. Anyway, we we heavily digress almost immediately. Here's a synopsis. Uh, Rachel dates Tommy, an aggressive bully who terrorizes anyone crossing him, is that? Oh. That doesn't feel quite right, does it?
1: Uh, well,
2: no I suppose he is. I'd suggest he has just more of a temper on him than he's an aggressive, I don't bit, know. No, he's
1: very aggressive. How can you? How can you defend him? That was like he is incredibly aggressive, unnecessarily to people. Yeah, that's true. What Including an them? actual chick.
2: Um. Yeah. Yeah. The animal. Isn't it weird? You always watch these things, and the bit that made me the saddest was when he was being cruel to the animals. Yeah. Not the other humans. But I guess that's because of the animal I always have that thing where I think, oh, those animals don't know they're in a TV show. They just think there's an angry man shouting at them, you know? Yeah. And that is a bit sad. Um but anyway, we'll we'll move on. When uh, when only Ross observes his bad behaviour, everyone else claims he's just jealous over Rachel, but Tommy eventually cannot hide his true self and the group finally sees Tommy's true character when he screams at the chick and the duck. They've written the word Tommy a lot in this episode. Uh, Joey and Kate part when she gets an acting job in Los Angeles, and using Monica's phone, Phoebe is on hold for days. Well, oh, I said that wordly, waiting to speak to a company before her warranty expires. Unaware it is not a toll free eight hundred number. Um, there you go. That's synopsis. How do you enjoy that? Um, beautifully, de- bleh, beautifully delivered. Unlike, unlike me that. saying that yeah. review. Yes um where do you want to start then this is a slightly strange episode because it's mostly sort of all in the same do you know what I mean it's, it's also just do not... the phoebe bit that feels i think like the, the phoebe bit's the separate bit isn't it yeah um and then the rest of it is just sort of trundling along isn't it it's ross and rachel and their dates but also joey's play and it all, it all ties in together really doesn't it
1: big fan of her um explanation of using at Flimby's as a sort of go to explanation. It's like the flange, isn't it? She uses that word yeah, when phalange, she doesn't know yeah. the real one. Phalangey.
2: Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of good Phoebe moments. I mean, I can only presume Lisa Kudrow wasn't available for half of this week. So they just said, you can't come to any of the shoots that are not in the apartment because she doesn't leave the apartment once, does she? Apart from to go stand in the doorway across the yeah,
1: hall. Yeah, that's true. I do think the joke about her
2: switching monochrome Rachel's rooms around is an odd joke. It's. <sighs> It's odd that, because that would involve a lot of leaving the phone unattended, which is the single thing she doesn't want to do, right? And it's just incredibly faffy. I mean, I know that's
1: the the point, but uh, I think if I was either Monica or Rachel in that situation and somebody had swapped my room around with my flatmate, I think I'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah, what are you doing?
2: get a move on and move it back please and they both swap rooms are we supposed to believe they've like swapped everything like the beds and do you know what I mean is it all the furniture's moved because that's well, so much demanding. so that it's immediately noticeable when they both oh, walk yeah. into their respective bedrooms well considering she got so um, sort of het up by being in that jumper for 20 seconds I I'm can't imagine she would want to spend loads of time moving heavy furniture and risk missing the call you know mm. I also
1: love um, you know when she goes a bit delirious with tiredness yeah um I, I, and there's that whole sort of parody conversation of um, your, your players, play the next play yeah, is yeah. very important to me. Like, that's all very good. But also, uh, no, no, I'm fine. And you know why? Because of all, all the riboflavin.
2: Oh, that's <laughs> one of my favourite lines of the whole episode. Because of all the riboflavin. The way she says the word riboflavin. Riboflavin, is that well,
1: the word? Well, sort of woosily yeah. relying on the, the box. of Is it cereal?
2: uh yeah i think so yes but, but yeah what is riboflavin
1: is that, i I'm, i've written it, it down sounds like a phoebe buffet made up word but i'm sure uh, it's a thing
2: no it's vitamin b2 peter it's found widely in both plant and animal-based foods including milk meat eggs nuts enriched flour and green vegetables Yeah, oh, very good uh it's required for the proper development of the skin lining of the digestive tract blood cells and brain function so she's not wrong all the riboflavin God, it just sounds. It does. It sounds. Do you know what, exactly what it sounds like? A word that Professor Frink would say in The Simpsons.
1: <laughs> yes, it does.
2: And it sounds like he's made it up. But um, no, it's. It, I mean, this plotline is very much Phoebe being on the phone, and then she's still on the phone, and then she breaks the phone. That's basically it, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's pretty much it, isn't There's it? There's not too much to Phoebe's plotline at all, save for the riboflavin, which is certainly my favorite bit of of, of her entire. Plot line, and of course, there's the big reveal when they realize it's a Utah based number, not a toll free number, but shout out to Ross's quick recall of knowledge of state dialing codes
1: yeah um i I mean Dave, name the dialing code for sheffield o 01- one. Nine two three. No, it be O double one something, would not it? O double, o, double o double one five. <laughs> what
2: well, did you why did you ask if you don't know the answer?
1: Well, oh, I'm well, I was gonna test you, but let uh, me right. look it up now.
2: Uh here are the ones 0 uh, 114 close. one four, close. O one four. The only ones I know are Manchester, O one because off course from there. Birmingham's O one because there was a lot of chat about that in life, wasn't there? Do you know Leeds? Um I feel like I should, but I don't know. Oh, that's a shame. What is it? It's
1: O one three, Dave.
2: I don't want three actually that's what I was going to guess to be honest um, any more dialing codes? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, th- I think I'm all out
2: I think it's important we don't continue to talk about dialing codes for too much longer what's your favourite dialing code? <laughs>
1: I'll
2: oh, play a sting get us out of this mess Hey, interestingly, before we move on, when I went on to watch this on Netflix, British Netflix, the thumbnail of this episode, did you notice this? Did you watch it on Netflix? Mm, Yes, I did watch it on Netflix, but I didn't notice the thumbnail. Well, every episode has a thumbnail, which is just a shot of the episode. But the thumbnail for this is the gang with the giant poking device, which famously Yes, I did
1: notice that.
2: I did notice that. I take it
1: back. I did clot that, but then I didn't clot that it wasn't in this episode. Does that make sense?
2: Um. Yes. Yeah. Right. I see. Yeah. 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 Um. It's just uh, obviously it's some sort of error, but it was just it. It, it was an arresting moment, you know. Mm. Um. We are in the middle, so let's start and sort of work our way through this, shall we? With sort of Ross and Rachel and their dates and Monica and Chandler don't do too much in this episode. But what, what I would say is Chandler does have terrible facial hair. He does, and quite a bad outfit as well. He's he's proper sort of um vest mode you know those sort of like formal vests like a waistcoat type thing um it's all very 90s (laughs) did you just refer to a waistcoat as a formal vest a formal vest yeah that's basically what it is isn't it yeah i suppose so yeah i mean you know i'm gonna wear my formal vest to the wedding (laughs) how often do you wear a vest that's like a formal i thought no how
1: often do i uh, are you asking me how often I wear a waistcoat? Correct. That's exactly what I'm asking. Thank you. <laughs> uh, not often. I've probably worn one once in the last, I'd say, three years. I can't remember the last time I wore a waistcoat, Pete. I do have one.
2: You do? Yeah. Oh, it's probably no. wrong size for me now. Yeah, I was going to say this is what happens every time you buy something formal like that, isn't it? You just grow out of it before you get to use it again. Yeah. Um, so, Monica and Chandler aren't in it much. Monica's, we're in the middle of a sort of Pete era here, aren't we? Like, this is. Yeah, although he doesn't really feature much, but yeah, he is he's knocking about. He's in one scene, really, isn't he? That's it. Yeah. Um, but that's Where sort there's of-
1: sort of a weird mix of people in that scene, because there's like Estelle's knocking about, there's the understudy to Kate yeah. from the play. I actually really like her little, a little bit. When she tells all of the people in Joey's
2: group of friends that she shagged him and then got dumped is yeah. really good. And then she, she just sort of disappears. She delivers that really well, and it sort of... She owns that situation quite well, (laughs) doesn't she? She
1: does, totally. Yeah. It's really, Um, it's really enjoyable. Yeah, she ends up totally mugging him off, rightly so. Um, And yeah, it's just a bit of a weird mix of people because Pete's there, Rachel and Monica are there, Estelle's knocking about, co stars are there, the director of the play, uh, Ben Stiller's there. Is he there? Yes,
2: he is. uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Weird, weird mix
2: of people. That's the only time. This is a good quiz question actually and we've got a quiz next week if you're around in London. We've got a quiz on the 7th of September uh, which is next Wednesday. This Wednesday, shit the bed, it's tonight if you're on the normal release schedule.
1: I th- for a moment, I thought you was, meant it was literally tonight and you'd like left a quiz hanging. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought <laughs> that there was a room full of people at a pub somewhere. Waiting Waiting for me to arrive. Waiting for you to arrive to do a quiz.
2: After we do this episode. No, what I was going to say, a good quiz question would be, what's the only time that the friends meet Estelle? And is this it? I think this is it. I can't think of another time when certainly Monica and Rachel and Ross, does Chandler meet Estelle at another point? Maybe. I can't remember. I don't think Phoebe ever meets Estelle in person. Which is surprising, considering Given she can do an impression. She does a very good impression of her. Yeah, yeah. is that? Can you think? This is a good bit of correspondence. Can you think of another scene where Estelle meets the rest of the gang? Anyone from the rest of the gang? Because I'm not sure there is one. And I'm going to write a quiz question to that effect. So please let us know immediately on Wednesday morning, so I can change it if necessary. And if you come into the quiz, that's a point for you. So even though Chandler's not in this much, Monica and Pete have their little moment, that's about it. I think this is a really good Chandler ep, and I think he's got so many good lines, and he's just in that era where Chandler gets to dick about and make silly jokes, and just, you know, almost to the point of being a bit of an annoying, annoying man in any situation. But... I really enjoy his lines like uh, when Ross is moaning about Ben Stiller and he's... And yeah, at the end of the play, he just got up and started banging his hands together and all of that sort of stuff. And when Estelle's doing that weird bit where she's sort of perving on Monica and Rachel, you know, with her face and her chest, I could really put something together. And the way Matthew Perry leans in and just goes, could I borrow it? Yeah. It's so funny.
1: Have you noticed the really funny buffet at the theatre drinks, by the way? It's like an Iceland sausage roll platter and then like a bowl
2: of vegetables. Oh, no, I didn't clock that at all, which is strange because I really I noticed it's, a buffet.
1: It's sort of at the front of the set next to the camera, but you see them sort of wander over to it at times. And it is it it is like sort of prawn ring sort of territory. It's not a of very glamorous.
2: Prawn ring? Prawn, is that a thing? Yeah, prawn ring, yeah, absolutely. It's not a very glamorous rap party, is it? It's not, no. Well, no, it's not a rap party. It's opening night. It's like a press night, I guess. But it's, um, no, you're right. It's very low key food and they're all sort of hanging around on the stage.
1: Also odd that the reviews printed and published incredibly quickly,
2: the amount of press attention this quite frankly terrible play in a tiny theater gets in a city famously that has so many fucking theaters yeah. like why would there be so much attention on this one play and like you say, if this was like an uh, an episode in the modern in the modern day, pete with the internet, mm. you know you can see a, a review being published within an hour of the play being finished, right? But that's gone to printing press. Yeah, That's gone back out to the newsstands, and Marshall Talmadge has got it and brought it straight back into it. That is some absolutely quick work from the papers, isn't it? Are they sitting there going, hold the paper, we can't print it until...
1: Until so-and-so's got back from the seeing the crew play Lortel the Theatre the play. Exactly.
2: The weird spaceship play. Like Helen says, it's, it, it really flips the play on its head, doesn't it? I mean, not to mention, we shouldn't be picking this out because the flaws in the plot line of the play are probably something we shouldn't get ourselves into. Mm-hmm. But the idea that a spaceship would lower a ladder into an apartment. <laughs> <laughs> it's destroying <laughs> like, its roof. Yeah. How's that happened?
1: Yeah. I also, um, on the subject of the play, you know when Joey arrives late and he's hoping to see Kate? Yeah. That rhymed. Um, yeah. He says, uh, "Like one of the, the people behind the scenes says, oh, we held the curtain for you, buddy. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. The play's happening. Understudies on stage, audiences sat watching her yeah. do absolutely fuck all. She's just stood there. You haven't held the curtain at all. You've started the play.
2: <laughs> he's, he's literally walking into the wing as he's supposed to go on. So either that stage manager is a genius that's gone, right? We know he's left. We know he's going to be here at this exact moment, and I'm going to time it so he walks straight onto the stage. But again, in these days, we're sort of pre-cell phone, really, aren't we? There's not mm. going to be live updates. Also, Joey's excuse for being late, my chicken, my duck got into a fight. Yes. Like, um, how late are you leaving for this play if a little scuffle with your two animals that never fight? I can't fight? imagine a chick getting into much of a fight. Right, it doesn't seem... Maybe like, if,
1: a-, like a goose. I can imagine a goose getting pretty... Pretty rowdy.
2: I, really, I feel it's really important we don't get held up on whether or not a goose would get into a fight. Geese are twats. Though. No, I know geese are twats, mate, but... this, how, t- You tell me, Pete, how the fact that geese are twats adds anything to this podcast.
1: Dave, if you're going to apply that logic to <laughs> one reference to a goose, we may
2: as well not be here. Yeah, it's actually. All right, okay. Okay, well, let's, let's circle back then. You're absolutely right, I stand corrected. Who do you think would win in a fight a goose or a badger uh oh i i'd back the badger there yeah, I, I think I back the badger's got more it's got a lower centre of gravity i think it more aggression more aggression teeth yeah. but geese it, swans are actually the they're really aggressive aren't they, well, they swans they famously break arms don't they yeah would a, would a swan break a badger
1: um no i think i'd still back the badger there the swan's got more height though uh well, so it could sort of
2: fling its neck down. Yeah, from above, you know, and attack... Big a, wingspan. A, ...a better angle, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Um Look, I think it's fair to say we'll never find out. Wow. This is all massively hypothetical.
0: Yeah,
2: um true. Talking of hypothetical animal... Not hypothetical, but Joey... We learned that Joey um declawed cats, which I'm he, pretty sure is yes. illegal. Is that illegal? That doesn't seem well, um, illegal. That, that doesn't seem... Ethical, does it? No, it feels like a thing from the past, which is very much um, well, no longer says no you. you're the
1: one pitching geese and badgers against each other for entertainment.
2: Yeah, no, you're quite right. You're quite right. I'm not like the guy that uh, wants to take Marcel to the, fighting, exactly. to the fighting ring.
1: You're no better.
2: Oh, God. it's just like a long, hard look at my life. Um, but yes, yeah, the strange that that's the first we hear about um, Joey Decloring cats, isn't it? Mm.
1: On the subject of the animals... Um, you know Joey thinks he's put cologne on, but it's actually the medicine.
2: Yeah, the worm medicine for the duck.
1: Why why do they keep the duck's worm medicine by I think it's by the shaving foam they said. That seems like an odd place. Where would where would you keep a duck's worm medicine, Dave? Uh
2: probably like under the kitchen sink type thing. Yeah, you know, like in a sort, a sort of, of It doesn't go with things that you'd use for a beauty regime, does it? No, no. You'd apply to your body. it would go in a different cupboard. I've actually, this is a very boring fact, but now that you've brought it up, I've actually got a separate cupboard for all my dog's medicinal things, you know, bandages. You know, not bandages. I don't, I don't really bandage him up very much. But like, How often do you bandage your dog, Dave? <laughs> but all his, like, medicine and flea treatments and all that sort of stuff, ear cleaner, all all that sort of stuff that I wouldn't want to accidentally put on my body or eat is, is in an entirely separate cupboard. Right. And um, what's more shocking to me is that Chandler doesn't have any cologne at all. Yes. Like as a man um, in his sort of mid to late twenties, who's very much single, you'd think he'd have a, something to, to spruce up that smell. Yeah, the look's not doing it for him and the beard's certainly not. Do you know, know nice the scent. most
1: adult thing about my flat is? I have a shelf in my bathroom with multiple aftershaves on. Do and you? I'm quite proud of that. As How a many? Sort of, I'm, uh, four. Four. Um and I'm I'm not a very sophisticated person, Dave, but that is by some way the most sophisticated thing about me.
2: Are there four different categories?
1: They're just four different very different scents. But like, do you there use is one, is it like everyday one, fancy yes, guests? Exactly. You know?
2: There is one that was cheaper,
1: so I use that um more often.
2: Right. Right. And do you have like a formal one and like a
1: Yeah, they well, the formal ones running out. I need to replace my formal
2: one. Okay. Is it? And that's a more expensive one, is it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I've only got two colognes, Pete. So you're twice as sophisticated as me, scent-wise. A sentence I didn't think I'd ever say. Mm. Um, should we hark back to the rest of the play then? If we finish a Joey and Kate plot line, it's kind of a weird one to split into into things. But then we've got Ross and Rachel and Ben Stiller and all that to come, haven't we? So should we finish off Joey and Kate first?
1: Yeah, there's that. You know when she sort of. Um... Well, the joke is that she sort of falls asleep on him, right? Yeah. sentence But yep. she, I mean, she basically faints on him. It's it's quite hard to sort of fall asleep in that position that she's in. It has
2: much more of a ring of passing out drunk than it does yeah. like just immediately falling asleep, doesn't it? It doesn't feel like the situation and the condition she was in at that moment would have led to her waking up half an hour later and going, right, we're having the longest chat of our lives and staying up all night, does it? I'd be asleep for the rest of the night at that stage. Yeah, that would be out for the count would absolutely conked out for the count yeah i mean i've got some thoughts on kate pete and the main thought is isn't she awful mm, she's not great she's she? not great she's not like i don't find her particularly like like someone you'd be really in love with she's very fleeting she's very hot and cold joey she, does call her out on that he she does but he's, he's like he seems to be Oh, like, really infatuated with her. You know, when he's doing that speech, I know it's a speech from the play, but the implication strongly being these are the words he would happily choose. And he says things like, I'll never forget you, you know? Yeah. Like, he's, he's forgotten her by the next episode. Yeah, like, that's true. It's certainly not like a woman that features in his life or memories or a sort of like, what if, if only, the one that got away, any of that, we never hear about Kate again. And you know what? Good riddance, and she, by her own admittance, yeah, exactly, good riddance, because she, by her own admittance, is just dates people that she thinks are going to help her career. Basically, is what she said, yeah. didn't she? I'm like, yeah. with that awful man, because he's the director of the play. Basically, I mean, she says the talent, most talented guy, but I don't think he's particularly talented based on the reviews of
1: well, exactly of he's his work,
2: critically slagged off. Talking of the review, though, my single favourite moment in this, it's, it's a close call, actually, because this episode's got a lot of really good moments. I think in a close silver is Step Away from the Duck, which I think is a brilliantly, like, one of the best delivered lines in all of Friends. And actually, Pete, do you know what this reminded me of? And this is 90s technology with Friends. I remember the time when phones, you could record your own ringtone. And I don't mean just, like, program it in. You could record a bit of audio the first time. Yeah. I had that as, like, my text tone. Chandler saying step away from the duck oh did you that's what used to come out of my phone every time i got a text what a cool Um, guy (laughs) i know i thought that i was like i just i had that it was such a like recognizable familiar line to me i was like why is that ingrained in my brain and then i suddenly remembered that's what would happen every time i got a text which in the era of the sort of whatsapp multiple message whatsapp groups would be a fucking nightmare frankly yeah, true. Step away from the step, a step, a step away from the step, step away from. The, you know, it'd be like that, wouldn't it? Just constantly going off. Um, but that's my close second. I think my absolute favorite moment in this episode, just in terms of uh, like the joy of it is when he's reading the review and he says but Joey Triviani isn't the worst thing in this production and Joey goes yes! And he's so delighted he wants to keep the extract. (laughs) Yeah he jumps for joy and just that reaction is so it's so perfect for Joey and his acting career and his expectations and the the joy that this is the first time he's never been the worst thing in any production he's done. Oh I absolutely love that that makes me that makes me smile a lot, Peter. Also, this is a complete aside. But when the director shakes the paper, and throws it down. Have you ever watched Black Books? No, I don't think I have, actually. But okay. I know what you're on about. So if you have watched Black Books, like just go back and watch that bit. And when the director sort of shakes the paper and chucks it down, he's in that big coat. It's so, it's so Dylan Moore, and it's so like Bernard Black. It just, it just really channeled that for me. Anyway, that's a real aside because it's neither here nor there, and you've not even seen Black Books. Um. <laughs> that's all I've got for you and then we get the the bit in the play Joey gets there I love all that sequence of you know, go down to the truck, and then he just appears at the window. All that whole sequence of... And we always talk about this, don't we? How Joey being a bad actor is some yeah, of the funniest... some of the best of friends. But when his face appears in that window, and then he shouts, I'm coming up! is <laughs> it's, it's just... That sort of stuff makes me howl all the time. And of course, the spaceship bit that Helen pointed out. I'm going to get on the spaceship. I'm going to get to blog on 7 Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I you know, I'd want to see that full play, frankly. I want to know what's led up to that point. I really like the bit where the woman sends coffee to Chandler and then rescinds it. That's, um...
1: Yeah, that is a very brief bit. That is great. It's
2: just apropos of nothing. And again, like, it's part of, like, that's just after the sequence of Again, out of nowhere, them going, what time is it? And they're like, 4.15, 4.15, 7 o'clock. Or whatever it is, I can't remember the times. And then Chandler just pauses and goes, watch, it doesn't work. And, and like, it's just part of this like Chandler just sitting around, dicking about, basically, not really being involved in any of the plots, but the way he sort of looks over and seems really pleased with himself, and then Gunther comes and, and takes the coffee back. Very enjoyable. Should we talk about Ross and Rachel? Yes, Ross and Rachel and some Ben Stiller. And the fourth person who sadly never gets much of a mention ever does she? No, probably not. A name big name, on the level of It's like, the like others. Her name isn't. It's Kaylin, I think not Caitlin, but Caelin. Like Caitlin without a T. Not a name I'm overly familiar with, Pete. No, me neither. Um, terrible idea to bring dates to your friend's play, isn't it? In that soon after a relationship, wouldn't you say?
1: And also, why does Ross immediately draw attention to the awkwardness? Like, the moment that yeah. Rachel and whatever her name is go to the toilet,
2: Ross is like, oh, this is awkward, isn't it? Like, yeah. mate, at least try and have a conversation first. Just don't... A, don't assume that Rachel will have mentioned it, because she probably hasn't. And B, that's going to make everything 100% worse, isn't it? Yeah, it can't be the first thing you ever say to a man who... Well, this is the interesting thing. I was about to say a man who has an emergency date. And Ben Stiller was an emergency date for Rachel, right? Last minute, she needed someone just to keep, you know, scores with Ross, who's bringing a date to this play. But within 10 minutes of the episode, they're acting like they've been in a relationship forever. That scene with the, like, what do you think about, favourite thing about Summer? Yeah, sat on the armchair. Sat on the armchair, her arms round each other, talking about freshly mown grass. Like, it, it really, really get into a very stable relationship kind of mode very quickly, don't they? Like a very intense relationship very quickly. What's your favourite thing about summer, Dave? Um, shorts? Shorts, yeah. I like a sh- I do. You're absolutely right. You've nailed that. Wearing Thank shorts. You. Like I say, I'm not looking forward to getting back into jeans. But and I-
1: going to your local goose versus badger fight.
2: Exactly. <laughs> My animal fighting ring, which yeah. uh, excelled in the summer because it's a nice, a nice outdoor sport. Um, it's probably worth clarifying: I do not run an outdoor animal fighting ring, just in case anyone's listening mm-hmm. and decides to report me. Um, I tell you, it was also weird about that bit in the play after Ross. Just after Ross says, "Oh, this is awkward," and then it makes it even more awkward. Ben stiller does the scream right to the people, idiots, you're in the wrong seats and all that, and then the release of that tension is him going do you want the aisle and ross goes no then ben stiller sits in the aisle and ross sits next to him as if ben stiller's just not going to sit next to rachel for the whole play yeah no room for his
1: quite intimate girlfriend
2: right exactly it's, it's a strange set of choices of seats to to make at that stage um uh yeah and then obviously we get this whole sequence where ben stiller is shouting at ross constantly ross is the only one that sees it and eventually, Ben Stiller takes it on the chicken, the duck. I'm not sure what we're supposed to think of Ben Stiller. Much is it sort of like split personality vibe? Is that is that what we're getting from it?
1: Yeah, and also you know when he he bumps into Ross.
2: Yeah, Ross doesn't spell anything on him. No, 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 no. he doesn't. What outside the, the coffee house? Yeah, yeah. I so think the you know, why is he so angry? Didn't even spell anything. Go overnight. I mean, it's it, again. It is weird that he would go for it. Go for him so viscerally then, but not at all when Ross sort of tries to recreate that situation in the apartment, you know? It's it, it, I, I can't quite work out what they're supposed to be painting his his um his personality as there.
1: Poor anger management.
2: Yeah, well exactly. It seems like he's got more of a, a temper than like I was saying at the start, as a sort of consistently aggressive bully. It seems like he's got anger issues he can't control very well, you know? Hmm. Um and then like we say, he takes it on the chicken the duck. And then he Ben Stiller like dumps himself, which is strange. Like obviously yeah. we know he's not gonna date Rachel for a long time, but th- that scene escalates very quickly from them going basically why are you shying at our animals to him going, well, I guess we're not going out anymore. God And it's like well, wouldn't you've at least tried to be like, Oh god, I'm so sorry, like this is something I need to work on, but We seem to be in quite an intense relationship already,
1: you know. Well, also barely any of. I think Chandler's the only one who says anything, and he says, uh, "Step away from the chicken, the duck," and the rest just sort of watch on, don't they? As he dumps himself and leaves. (laughs) Yeah, dumps himself
2: and leaves. There you go. End of Stella. End and end of Uh, Kate. This is the end of Kate. Last appearance of Kate as well. Which is, yeah, like we say, good fucking riddance. Get out of town. Go to LA. Both of you.
1: Quiz? Have we got a quiz. Yeah, we have. Oh From Helen. Helen. Uh, question one, Dave. Yes, please. What colour bottle is the duck's worming medicine in? I know Ooh, this one. Shit. It's green. green. Yeah, green. It is green. Yes. Uh, question two. What seat number does the theatre goer that Tommy screams at have? Oh, I can't remember. D thirteen. Oh, yes. Is That's that right? correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, question three. What's the name of Joey's play? I know this.
2: Oh, shit. What is it? Boxing Day. Boxing Day. Yes, you're right.
1: Gosh, I should have got that. Um, question four. Name the three things that the friends like about summer. Freshly cut grass.
2: Uh, yes.
1: Beach. Yeah. God, I can't remember now. That's I can't remember one. the third one. Go on. Uh, when it stays light real late. Uh, yeah. Fair. Two out of three. Um, question five. Name one of the three items in the chick pen. Additional bonus points for each item. I do know one of these because I thought it was weird. There's a Game Boy in Game it. Game Boy,
2: yeah, that's the only one I can think of. Why is there a Game Boy in the chick pen? That's a great question. Also, that chick's in a pen, right? It's tiny. How's it getting in a fight with a duck at all? That's true. Can't even get out of the pen. Uh, what yeah. else are the answers? I don't know.
1: Uh, plastic horse with rider. <laughs> And rainbow colored pez head pez pez a pez dispenser. Shout out to pez! Shout out to my pez.
2: Um,
1: I wasn't keeping count, can't remember how well we did, but Peter, right.
2: as always, we got some points. Would you like to know next week's episode? Well, actually, half an hour ago, so frankly, <laughs> you should have it <laughs> so up by did now. you. Yeah, uh,
1: it's season nine, episode 14. Oh uh, so John Lovitz, the one with the blind dates. Ah uh, good, yeah, it's good to be fair.
2: Uh, we're scooting right to the other end of the seasons now, aren't we? The end of yeah. the, the era.
1: And um apparently we ha- there is a quiz in my emails somewhere.
2: Oh good to know.
1: That's um good.
2: So I'll just have to find it, won't I? You'll just have to find it, Pete. Um, and like I say, if you're listening on Tuesday, we've got a quiz tomorrow night in London. If you're listening on Wednesday, we've got a quiz tonight in London. I think there are a few tickets, well, there's certainly were a few tickets left at the time of recording. Whether that's the case, uh, Ashley, the air conditioning is fixed. It's worth me saying that because the last one sold out and frankly was oversold like a fucking Ryanair flight. Um, and the air con was broken and it was... Just, just, Quite the experience for everyone involved. So the aircon is fixed and also it's not the heat wave anymore. So, Kerman, not be horribly discomf- discomfortable, uncomfortable. Trust.
1: And if you're listening and don't follow us on Instagram, I think you should. FWF pod on Instagram.
2: FWF pod. Da, da. I've never noticed that rhythm before. Yeah. Well,
1: maybe we can do something with that at some point in our lives. <laughs>
2: I think we just did.
1: Bye. Bye. Bye.